Gloucester Tales Series 3, the great Gloucester novel. Back in 2015, local writer Andrew Thorne ran the great Gloucester novel, a project funded by Arts Council England. Community groups around the city worked with him to generate ideas for short stories. These stories were then developed into a full-length novel called The Pride of Gloucester. Now, this series presents some of the original short stories read by Andrew Thorne and presented by me, your host, Jarek Adams. Hi, and welcome to episode two of The Great Gloucester Novel. Today's story is called Family, and unusually, it's being presented in two parts. That's right. Uh, this is one of the longer stories from the novel Pride of Gloucester, and as it's got a natural break point in the middle, it made sense to present it as two episodes. Yeah, our first serialised story. So, tell us about where this story came from. Well, when I was running the Great Gloucester Novel Project, I worked with lots of people around Gloucester to gather inspiration for the short stories, which would be used as the building blocks for the novel. This story came from suggestions from a group of retired RAF men who met up for drinks once a week in a pub. So part of your job was sitting in a pub drinking. That's fantastic. Yeah, and the guys were great. <laughs> it's got to be weird having some stranger muscle in on your gang of drinking buddies, but they were really into it. Uh, we got chatting about how they'd come from all over but settled in Gloucester, how the RAF was like uh, family, how they felt about the work and the life. But then talking about the kinds of stories they liked, thrillers and mystery stories, they really got into coming up with ideas. I, basically, I could have written a whole novel prompted by their suggestions. Oh, so that's probably why the, this story's longer than some of the others, yeah? That's right. Of course, I couldn't fit everything in. My Arts Council brief meant I had to keep the short stories a manageable length. Uh, and it was really hard figuring out what I could fit in and what I couldn't. With anything like this, there's always a, a core idea, a theme that everything keeps coming back to. And uh, in this, it was the idea of family, the duty it implies, the sacrifices it entails. OK, and this story fits uh, into the novel somehow? Yeah, uh, it actually inspired part of the main character of the book, an outsider who has mysteries and secrets in his past, which all come out during the novel. OK, and as a reminder to listeners, you can get your own copy of Pride of Gloucester and not only read this and the other short stories, but see how they fit together to make a full novel, which I've read and I loved. Yep, and there's a link in the description for this episode, right? That's right. You can either click the link or there's a link you can copy and paste into your browser. So, listener, make yourself comfortable and enjoy part one of Family. Thank you for agreeing to speak to me, said Evan, settling himself down on the chair next to the hospital bed. If at any time you're too tired to go on, or you need the nurse, just let me know and we'll stop. That's all right. I'm not quite dead yet, laddie, wheezed the old man in the bed. Tubes and wires ran from his arm to clicking machinery and a fluid drip. Okay said Evan, placing a digital recorder on the bedside table between them. The tape is running. This interview is with Dr Colin McAllister, ex-Talford RAF base Gloucestershire. Good afternoon, 
Dr McAllister. McAllister burst into a long series of dry coughs, which he got under control with a struggle. <laughs> Sorry, lad. Please, ask me what you need to know. Well, began Evan, during my research for the history of the base, I discovered that you were the medical officer in charge of the investigation into the accidental death of Captain Alan Simpson. It's a long time ago, I know. Over 65 years. I was the youngest staff doctor they'd ever had. Yes, Evan smiled indulgently. But I just wanted to find out firsthand anything I could about the accident. It's pretty much the only blot on an otherwise perfect record of the base. <laughs> and I'm the only one left to ask, eh? That's right. Honestly, I, I was very grateful you insisted on speaking to me. Uh, the doctors said I shouldn't. What do they know? I'm going to die anyway. So I might as well get myself in a book before I go. And it's pretty boring in here. <laughs> but then I don't have to tell you that, do I, laddie? Evan looked away and mumbled. I can imagine. I think you know from experience. McAllister lifted a withered hand and pointed at Evan's wrist, then his collar. Evan realised the burn scarring was peeking out from beneath his shirt cuff. That's very astute. I've, I've spent some time in hospital, he said, pulling his cuff down and his collar up a little. When you were small, from the look of it. Yes, I was in a car accident. I'm sorry to hear it. So, this research you're doing... The old man tried to shift his position, but failed. The, the nurse has gone, eh? I can't see much from this position and they won't let me sit up. Yes, she's gone. We're quite alone. <laughs> That's good. Right, Evan began again. I've read the official reports, but I'm after a more personal view, if it's not too difficult to talk about. I understand Captain Simpson was your friend. Uh, yes. But I expect the official reports read a bit dry. You need something human. He was my friend. Now I hate him. I'm sorry? Does that shock you? <laughs> that I could hate someone after they were dead? He paused to gauge Evan's reaction, then continued. The man blighted my life. Is that personal enough for you? I don't understand. Have you ever lost anyone, laddie? Ah, I see that you have. McAllister smiled knowingly. Evan lost his cool detachment and blurted my mother in an accident. Ah, no hate there then. But you do hate someone for it. Breathing deeply to regain his composure, Evan spoke again. You're a very good doctor. That's a very good diagnosis. <laughs> Not such a good bedside manner, eh? Eh? 
McAllister dissolved into coughing again for a good half minute before resuming the interview. Know anything about secrets, laddie? He paused for effect. I insisted on speaking to you because this is my last chance to set the record straight. Evan leaned forwards. Go on. You first. It's a fair exchange. <coughs> Who do you blame for your accident? McAllister watched Evan like a hawk. Evan didn't respond. I'm going to be dead, McAllister added. Very soon. Indulge me. Well, there's nothing wrong with your mind, at least, said Evan. I hope I'm as sharp as you when I get to your age. Careful what you wish for, laddie. Look at this room, this blank, blank room. There's nothing in here to think about. And when there's nothing around to think about, I end up thinking about... <coughs> things I don't like to. All right said Evan. It's my father. We were all in the car. My parents were having an argument. We crashed. My mum died. Your turn. Very well. Fair is fair. Yes. I was a friend of Alan. We'd known each other before the RAF. It was good being stationed together. I was best man at his wedding. When he married that hot little waff. <laughs> That would be your late wife, Elizabeth. Well, of course it would. Keep up. His eyes went blank for a moment as he drifted away, but then he snapped back to attention. So what's it like, talking to a man you know is about to die? I beg your pardon? What's it like? You know I'm dying. It's strange, yes? But imagine if we hadn't just met. Imagine if I was your friend. Friend. I, I don't quite follow. I was young, like I said, the youngest doctor in the service, so I had to prove myself, had to work that much harder, be that much more <coughs> on the ball, that much smarter. That's how I got so good at diagnoses, good at spotting detail. That's how I picked it up. Picked up what? Alan's condition, of course. It didn't show then, but a couple of years down the line, what was left of him wouldn't have been worth much, and poor Elizabeth having to look after that mess. That's why I did what I did. What did you do? You blame your father for your mother's death. He was driving drunk, perhaps? Evan slumped back in his chair. Forgive me, Dr McAllister, I thought you wanted to tell me your story. Indulge a dying man's wish. Let me exercise my brain one last time. Evan twisted his mouth to one side. OK. I was very little. Mum was driving and they were both arguing. They were also cross with me. Why? I don't know why. I was too young to understand what was going on. Can't remember much of it anyway. They were both shouting. Mum was angry at Dad and I started crying. 
She twisted round to say something to me and we went off the road. Apparently the car caught fire and Dad managed to pull me free but couldn't get Mum out. McAllister nodded. How old were you? Five. And you think it's your fault? No. Yes, I mean... I know it was an accident, but I couldn't help thinking it was my fault. But I blamed my dad for not saving her, and even more when I found out he'd been having an affair. That's what the argument was about. How did you find out? Uh, <laughs> Doctor, it's your turn. What did you do to Alan? McAllister pursed his already age-puckered lips. I did what he wanted. When I told him what was going to happen to him in private, it was terrible. I stayed with him for hours. Eventually he pulled himself together. That's what we did back then. He started thinking rationally. He had no savings, of course, and a young new wife to provide for, so he asked me to keep it quiet, get rid of the records of the examination and redo it after he'd had time to get life insurance. I didn't want to, but he was my friend. It was his last chance to provide for her. So I got rid of the papers. Wasn't hard back then. We didn't have computers or photocopiers, just smudgy carbon copies in a filing cabinet. It was unethical. But I wanted to give him a chance. The last chance to provide for Elizabeth. McAllister frowned. It was pretty soon after that that the accident happened. Oh, what a cliffhanger. Yep. Tune in next week to find out how the events at the airbase decades earlier are related to the secrets surrounding Evan's own childhood trauma. And don't forget, you can get a copy of the illustrated novel Pride of Gloucester featuring this story from our eBay shop. Just click the link in the description or copy and paste the link into your browser or just go to ebay.co.uk and search for Pride of Gloucester. It's only 9 99 and in the UK, postage is free. Thanks, Jarek. Thank you, Andrew and listeners. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and look out next Sunday for part two of this week's story from the great Gloucester novel project, Family. The Great Gloucester Novel is part of the Gloucester Tales podcast presented and written by Jarek Adams and Andrew Thorne. The Great Gloucester Novel Project was funded by Arts Council England. Thank you.